0: This is the Comstock Report podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is Matthew Cruz with the Comstock Report. Back in 2012, Purdue University economists determined that while the U.S. was the world's top corn exporter, its empire would begin to shrink. So far, they have been proven right. One of the reasons for this was that developing countries that had previously relied on the United States for food purchases were slowly but surely establishing their own domestic production. While this trend has been occurring for a long time, it got a big push when prices doubled in the 2007 period. While this created a short-term cash windfall for American farmers, it has long-term side effects. Foreign countries feeling the pinch determined they were better off developing their own domestic grain production programs in an effort to become more self-sufficient. Furthermore, countries like Japan and South Korea, who have been long-term U.S. corn buyers, have more options today than they did 20 years ago. As early as 2005, Brazil was a net importer of corn. Today, they have become a significant exporter as corn yields have increased dramatically along with planted area. Brazil's 2020-2021 corn crop is estimated to be slightly over 100 million metric tons. Early estimates see that rising beyond 110 million metric tons next year. That is a 400 million bushel jump in one year if it were to be realized. This is corn they don't need and will look to export. The global export market for corn has more than doubled in the last 20 years. During this time, however, the U.S. export volume has remained virtually stagnant. The majority of global demand has been picked up by Brazil, Argentina, Ukraine, and Russia. While the U.S. made up more than 50% of the world's corn export market roughly 20 years ago, it has dwindled to roughly one-third. It was 70% in the early 20th century. And this is not expected to change. Our corn market has struggled to be competitive with the rest of the world, and much of this has to do with currency. The U.S. still has a relatively strong currency with the ability to seemingly print money at will something other countries cannot afford to do or who are looked upon unfavorably if they do, in fact, do it. This weakens their currency, making their exports cheaper than ours. This is one of the factors that led to the farm depression in the 1980s. Rising interest rates caused money from around the world to flow to the U.S., pushing our currency higher and higher, making our products unaffordable. We have a somewhat similar situation today where COVID-19 has put tremendous pressure on global economies, many of which are not able to withstand the loss of economic output as we are. Brazil is a prime example. Its currency has devalued by as much as 40% since January. Their currency was already under pressure from poor economic outlook and low oil prices. The coronavirus just made it worse. In times of turmoil, capital flows to safe havens, and the U.S. dollar is still the world's currency. While Brazil's management of the pandemic mirrors that of the U.S., its currency has had a very different response – falling in value, thus making their products cheaper for China to buy. The U.S. has typically had very strong domestic consumption it could rely on through both feed and ethanol use. The pandemic has turned demand on its head, making exports more important than ever. There won't be a repeat of the 80s, however, because this time we have other safety nets such as crop insurance, higher farm equity levels, and lower interest rates keeping things in check. Generally speaking, U.S. farmers currently have no incentive to expand corn acres much beyond where we are at now. If they do, they know they will be penalized for it, flooding the market and hurting prices. Even if we were to leave acreage where it is, we still expect foreign competitors to expand theirs. I've seen reports of studies looking for more CRP-type programs where the government pays us not to plant. This will not work in the long run. There may be a temporary boost to the market, but we are essentially surrendering planted area to our global competitors. This is no different than the wheat market. Every year we plant a little less wheat, and Russia or someplace else plants a little more. The change may be small from year to year, but over the course of 20 or 30 years, it begins to add up. What is the solution to all of this? So far, it has been an increased request for government bailouts. I am not opposed to temporary support as long as there is a strategy towards long-term profitability, and I frankly have not seen it. We have sacrificed our export market in the trade wars for which we have yet to get anything in return. The ethanol industry has been ignored despite its significant advantages for the country. We are at a turning point where we need our government leaders to provide a plan to give us back our trade markets and to help to further bolster ethanol consumption or we are destined to take the path of Europe, heavily relying on government welfare. You are listening to the Comstock Report. For more market opportunities, visit us online at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com.